back to Click Connect. I'm your host, Craig Sullivan. Today, we've got our returning champion, Mr. Bruce Ford of Lodging Econometrics. But before we bring him out, I would like to thank our production partners for this episode, and that would be Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group, California. If you're looking for a new brand, Red Roof could be a great alternative for you. They've got a soft brand, they've got extended stay, and of course they've got their economy select service brands. And right now, unlike any other time, probably since the financial meltdown, every deal is important and you need to get it closed on time. You need a title and settlement services group that can help you navigate all those dates, all those milestones so that you can close on time. I highly recommend our good friends over at Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group. They have created an internal group for hospitality solely. So one point of contact, you guys are going to be set. It's going to be something really amazing for you to get your deals closed on time. With that said, I want to welcome my best friend, my brother from another mother, Mr. Bruce Ford. Craig, such a lovely introduction. What is Glenn going to say? Ah. <laughs> well, well, we'll both be on Friday night on it, so we'll figure that out together. <laughs> well, I, I'm imagining there's going to be some tough questioning. You know, he's got two college-age kids now. He's all sharpened up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that bank account's getting drained too. <laughs> Wonder to be wonderful to be with you today, live from New York City. Nice and fresh off your trip from Paris for a conference, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Bruce, do me a favor for the one or two people out there that may not know you and Lodging Econometrics. Would you tell them about yourself and your company, please? Sure, Lodging Econometrics, hospitality real estate software solution that allows you to access hotel real estate records across the world. We track new hotel construction, renovation and conversion projects, sales transactions in the United States, but also we have a record for each open and operating hotel, including the ownership and management companies on those properties, some 150 fields of information on each piece of on each hotel record within our software solution. And we're tracking that all over the world. We gather it uh, and originate all of the research at Lodging Econometrics and certify it every 30 days for our clients. We've been doing it in the United States since 1998 and globally since 2008. And it's been my pleasure to have participated in every California Lodging Investment Conference to this point. Yes, you have, my friend, and we appreciate you being there. Hey, um, let's talk about the construction pipeline. Let's, uh, your call. You can start in California or end there if you want to start globally or nationally, whatever you want to do, but let's hear about the pipeline. So the new construction pipeline has been growing for a couple of quarters now largely because uh, we're not opening projects fast enough or we're still seeing some supply chain delays. We're still seeing some labor shortages to open new hotel properties. We're still seeing some financing shortages in some cases to open new hotel properties. 
So the combination of that has really kind of slowed the openings in the pipeline and caused some um, delays due to a, a myriad of factors. So as a result, in this time in the cycle, the signings pipeline is beginning to pick up again. And what that means is these are projects that are signed between a franchise company and an owner and management company with the intention to do a hotel project. Now, this may be signing two markets, five markets, in some cases, 15 or 20 markets. Right. Um, but those signings coming into the database at Lodging Econometrics, we're going to want to be sure that those projects have land under control. Right. And we can be certified in multiple locations before we will add them to the database. So we're still trying to be very careful about what is in the active pipeline versus what may be announced, but not verifiable at this point as to its activity. Because it doesn't help anybody to talk about things that are going to be opening in 2027 and beyond. Nobody's really interested in that. We got a long road between now and then. Yeah, but <laughs> so the pipeline is growing a little bit, but it's growing in the planning stages. Under construction still has some time to empty out at this point, And we have seen the openings that are expected um, uh, to be negatively impacted because of the str streamlining of the pipeline and the lengthening of the pipeline. So what many of the owners and management companies have done in 20. Uh, 22 as a result of kind of some of the financing changes is they've decided to really reinvest in their portfolio. And we've seen quite a surge of conversion announcements. This would be existing hotels that they may already own that are going to go through a changing of the brand, a remaking of the asset. A lot of renovation announcements where candidly they believe that the upside is coming that the return of lodging demand is coming and therefore they want to renovate their portfolios to be the best property on the block when that lodging demand returns. And it is returning, Craig. Uh, yeah. Lodging demand is beginning to return. A little bit of my travel has led me to conclude that, albeit it is certainly not from a business travel standpoint at 2019 levels. So. Just about every region around the world is following this pattern now of there's new project announcements to report. The under construction projects are not opening at the pace that they were scheduled to open. They're taking longer. There's a myriad of reasons behind that. But the yeah. announcement pipeline is growing the planning pipeline um, aggressively. But renovations and conversions are truly the story out there right now and what many owners and management companies are focused on. Yeah, I think, yeah, we've got at least another 24 months of that. But, you know, let's, on the new construction development side, <clears throat> what's leading the pack right now in, in that pipeline? Is it going to be hotel-enhanced mixed-use development? Is it going to be hotel campuses? Is it uh, extended? What's what are you seeing more being built right now than anything else? Well, a large portion of the new construction rooms in the pipeline right now are, in fact, extended stay. Uh, extended stay is not a chain scale. It's what we call a market segment. It has three tiers that we track at Lodging Econometrics, an upscale tier, 
which would be a really a three and a half star property, um, a mid-scale tier, and then an economy tier. There has been a number of new brands announced in these tiers. There has been certainly aggressive new construction growth with many of these brands in this these three tiers. And we continue to see nearly 30% of the guest rooms in the new construction pipeline being tagged as extended stay product. So that is really kind of trend number one. Yeah. And it's a healthy trend. Yeah, absolutely. Also, we are seeing the pipeline really settle in in what we'll call the upper mid-scale chain scale. That nice three-star prototype type property. Right. Very appealing out there in the industry. In some cases, they're pairing those together with an extended stay product. So you get a select service branded hotel and an extended stay branded hotel put together so that you're getting a dual brand. And this doesn't necessarily have to be in the same building. It can be on the same site. It can be across the parking lot. It can be in the same building. The application depends on the location. But the pairing together of a select service hotel and an extended stay hotel has proved to be very popular with yeah. the owners and management companies. It has uh, proved to be very popular in the city town municipalities because it gets a larger density of rooms in the building. And it's also proved to be very popular with the franchise companies themselves and they're aligning to do more of them. And there are several hundred in the pipeline. And again, that would um, overlap somewhat with the extended stay number that I quoted earlier. Right. But at the same time, um, very popular today. There's applications at most of the franchise companies to do upscale and upper mid-scale together, or perhaps mid-scale and upper mid-scale and economy together. It's really kind of depending on the franchise company that you're working with. But now, this is a very common platform today. Yeah, and, and it makes a lot of sense, especially, you know, in urban markets. You look at, you know, the gas lamp here in San Diego and you look at Santa Monica and various other areas throughout California. Which brand is leading the pack on these dual brand uh, products that we're seeing more of? Well, as of right now, the dual branding, it's really a Marriott and Hilton thing um, with, with their products. Uh, Hilton, very popular to do a garden in and a Homewood Suites together. Very popular to do, in some cases, a garden in and a home two suites together. Um, they have a couple different applications there. Marriott, of course, likes AC and Residence Inn together. They also do courtyard uh, with a mix of that. But there's there's a lot of courtyards out there, so it's yeah. not as easy to do a courtyard Residence Inn dual brand in a lot of cases because one or the other is already represented. Right. Um, but we're also seeing the Fairfield Town Place uh, get paired together too, which is more of a kind of an upper mid-scale offering. <clears throat> IHG is um, looking to put together Candlewoods right. uh, together with Holiday Inn Express. Yeah. Um, not as many, okay. Uh, definitely not uh, several dozen, but probably a couple dozen. Okay. Um, and IHG continues to... Uh, look towards growing uh, their other 
sweet products, which is, uh, of course, the Atwell Sweets right. that, uh, that they're working on, too. And so we may see a pairing of that together with some of their select service offerings in the near future, but I haven't seen one yet. Now, prior to COVID-19, it seemed like we were having a new flag announced every month. And, you know, didn't uh, seem like it was true. <laughs> it was. Now, are, are, are you getting whispers out there that we've got some more brands on the horizon that are going to be announced at, say, Alice in January of next year? Well, Hilton uh, Hotels Corporation has a history with announcing brands at Alice, as we're yeah. all aware. Yeah. Um, so they, they, you know, I hear about a few different things. Some of them are brand extensions is what I would call. I think brand extensions could be something that we see from some of the franchise companies as they seek to create a point of differentiation in their own brand to kind of spread out the supply and encourage some owners in certain locations to take a, you know, a step forward to say you could charge 20 more dollars a night if you did this. Right. Um, and so there's some of that out there. But also, uh, I think I would be remiss if I didn't say that I expect more extended stay yeah. product branding to hit the market sometime before the end of next year. Um, I'm not sure on the full service side if that we're going to see a lot of new announcements. There are been a really a tremendous run up on the collection brands and the lifestyle yeah. brands and the boutique brands. And at this point, I'm not sure that any of the franchise companies that announced any of those need a new brand. I think they just need some accelerated pipeline for the ones that they announced. announced yeah. um, there's no question about that. But there was, you know, obviously World Hotels with Best Western has been making some news about kind of spreading out their offerings amongst a couple of different categories now for World Hotels. And we're going to, I'm actually going to be talking with Ron Pohl in BDNY coming up uh, on Monday, the 14th. Um, so you'll be hearing about it after we do this episode, but we're going to talk about World Hotels and the new relaunch. Um, so that'll be some exciting stuff. But it, in fact, uh, Craig, at the, full, at the full service level, I would say maybe more consolidation. Uh, may, may be in order. Yeah. Um, and certainly a lot of renovation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I was meeting with some clients that had chosen a hotel from afar here in Manhattan, and they were just disgusted with what they showed up to visit. Really? Um, and uh, I will not call out the brand no, on this. Please don't, please. But, <laughs> but um, I said, so what time are you going to talk to the engineer today? <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it, we're under renovated in the marketplace right now. I could speak yeah. that from the rooftops. I don't think any hospitality executive would disagree with me. Um, spending time improving guest satisfaction uh, is important at all the brands and all the franchise companies. And that's going to come really only through renovation going forward. So that's a big part of what will happen. So consolidation maybe in the full service space, expansion going down the chain scales right. um, is likely to continue to occur. And the transaction market is probably on cool down for maybe a quarter or two until we get a readjusted rate sheet on what, what values will be at as a result of the new cost of money. 
I, you know, I, that that's that's interesting because I I'm gonna say yes and no. I mean, sure. Well, you get I, different types of transactions. That's really right. what's gonna come to come to the forefront. The traditional, I buy the hotel from you. I go get a seventy five percent mortgage. That's not the one that's gonna be happening. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, now you've got you know the montage in Laguna Beach just traded. Uh, you know, huge dollar amount. Yeah. Uh, you know, well over a million dollars a key. Um, so the Four yeah, Seasons Jackson Hole, well over two million dollars a key. Yeah, I the Four Seasons in Scottsdale, well over a million and a half a key. Yep, exactly. And you know, you've got some of those assets out there that are going to trade, and I think you know that's that's a healthy thing for the market. And I think you're going to see some other. You know, on the boutique side, you're going to see a, a few of those closing of people just deciding, you know, I've got to have that hotel and they they've got cash to deploy. Um, I think the people that, you know, aren't really in the industry that think it's sexy to own a hotel. I think they're going to stay on the sidelines for a little bit. I think they may go more into another asset class uh, for the time being. But it's yeah, called luxury yachts. Yeah. Uh, just gotta go sit on their yacht. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That seems about the time to float away, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, that's, that's <clears throat> a good one, my friend. So, Bruce, you just got back from Paris. Tell us about the uh, conference you were attending there. That was all about hotel tech, right? And that was the European market exclusively? <clears throat> well, it's a, uh, a French-born event that uh, happens every other year. It's called Equip Hotel, E-Q-U-I-P. Um, it would be uh, probably 1,200 to 1,400 trade booths selling products for wellness, selling products for tech, selling products for traditional designer specified type products, uh, bathroom, tile, uh, carpet, all that type of stuff. Really anything about your hotel uh, <clears throat> you would have been able to see and or purchase there. Um, it's in uh, Paris every other year. I've attended five or six times in the past, and I find, <clears throat> find it to be energizing because one of the things that Europe has a big advantage over the United States in is that many products are, in fact, in hotels manufactured in Europe, delivered in Europe, and installed in Europe. So, they can, in fact, self-support themselves without much of the supply chain delay that the United States sees as a result of shipping things in from China. Um, granted, that's not the least expensive model to develop a hotel, but they certainly do it from there. Uh, when I was in Paris, I, I think I would say tourism is still in very good shape over there, but it is still the large majority of the types of travelers that you run into. It's still a uh, pretty soft business travel market there. But I, I would say that, you know, the plane was 60% full going over. But for the first trip out to Europe and back, um, I felt pretty good about the experience. I felt good about attending the event. And, uh, you know, I continue to look to find reasons to go to Europe because I think the strength of the hotel industry is a little bit better there right now than in some other areas of the world. Nice. All right, my friend, last question before we go into the world famous or infamous lightning round. Um, give us the download on BDNY. What are you doing there? What are you looking forward to? 
So uh, Lodging Econometrics will be an exhibitor at BDNY. I will be speaking, as I said, giving a presentation about really full service development um, at 1.30 on Monday, the 14th. And I'll be interviewing Ron Paul, who's the president of international development for B Best Western Hotel Group, which includes World Hotels. Um, at BDNY, we're looking for a couple of things. So the supplier companies that are there, um, the confidence that they have in the industry for the renovation pipeline, I'm always looking to measure that. The designers and architects that are there, which will be several hundred of them, uh, and a lot of them based in New York. I'm interested to hear um, a little bit about what I think from a trend, which is if you're a hotel owner and management company and you intend to renovate five or six or seven hotels over the next couple of years, are you in fact hiring staff to really help you navigate that and trying to uh, minimize uh, hiring third-party services? Are they seeing that trend play out? Because I'm seeing it yeah. in the way that we're looking at the data. I'm curious what the designers and architects have to say because renovations, you know, inside of a hotel, we use this term soft goods and hard goods. And, right. you know, you have a, a soft, touchy renovation every seven years, and then you get down and dirty every 12 or 14 years. Well, we have a ton of hotels that are turning 12 to 14. That was a pretty big, busy cycle between 2006 and 2009. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm curious how that's going to play out because that was all over select service. Yeah. Um, and the only impact that might change that perception a little bit is if you recall in 2016, 17 and 18, using Marriott as an example, they went through and they pulled all the tubs out of the courtyards and residence and right. properties yeah. and replaced them with, you know, the stand up shower, if you will. And that led to a, you know, are we looking at the plumbing? Are we looking at the tiling? Are we looking at the finish in the bathroom? Absolutely. So some of those upscale hotels got a premature yeah. bathroom renovation in advance of uh, kind of replacing that tub. So that, that could have some impact on the overall bath renovation, but I think still largely under renovated and uh, lots of opportunity. We, we are forecasting, Craig, almost 400,000 rooms of renovation this year next year and then in 2024 as well in and the united true. states and that and that should be a trend across all regions to be really quite honest yeah it should be uh you know i gotta tell you a four hundred thousand keys throughout the u.s barring any natural disasters and diverting of materials uh is going to be a chore at the very least it's a lot of opportunity out there. I mean, a lot of opportunity. Yeah. In a in a traditional sense, Craig, we probably renovate almost three hundred thousand rooms a year, somewhere between two seventy five and three hundred. Yeah. Uh, on an annual basis, anyway. So, this is really kind of ramping that up, just really due to pent up demand. 
I don't know. I feel like I keep getting the same room that it hasn't been renovated. <laughs> well, you ought to check. You ought to check with your hotel booking person because they're doing a crappy job. Yeah, <laughs> I had this discussion with somebody the other day. I said, if you select the old full service hotel that you always did, you're going to get the old full service room you always did. Right. I said, people need to think about select service hotels a little bit more diligently when they're choosing their travel because a newer hotel is likely to give you a better experience tech-wise, uh, connectivity-wise, uh, cleanliness-wise. I mean, we yeah. know that um, you know the newer the product, the more likely you are to have uh, a better guest experience. So uh, freshen them up, you That's know? It. All right, Bruce, it's time for our lightning round. Two minutes on the clock. First thing that pops into your head, word association. Are you ready? I'll do my best, big guy. Adaptive reuse. Uh, dual brand. Conferences. 80% uh, of the way back. Tech. Uh, how are you controlling the environment in your room? Trophy asset. Hmm. <laughs> Irish coffee or a hot Irish nut? Oh, no, Irish coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite NFL team? The New England Patriots. AFC East champion. Ooh, that's a tough one because Josh Allen is hurt. Did you hear this? Yeah. Uh, probably still the Bills. <clears throat> All right. Barefoot people on an airplane. Throw them off. <laughs> mid-flight comps uh i'll, I'll play friends and family i don't need a comp <laughs> there you go click deal of the year boy we're excited to see some of these nominations i can see these hotels that have opened we're going to go out and uh shake the trees craig because uh i'm i'm excited i i think I, I can see a path to uh, potentially some dual branded products, potentially uh, getting some votes in our uh, in our committee for dual branded projects developed in California. I saw a couple of them that are really cool, but so many unique locations in California. When you dig in a little bit deeper about yeah. really what a real estate deal is and opening a hotel and how challenging it is in some of those coastal communities, and there's there's really some some great products. So I'm looking forward to chairing that committee. And of course, if anybody out there has opened a new property in California in 2022, or has done a major redevelopment of an existing hotel or a non-hotel use to a hotel, we'd love to hear from you. Visit clickconference.com to see the, uh, the parameters. And of course, contact us and uh, we'd get a form out to you and hopefully we can get you nominated. Absolutely. And they get to be on stage with you, me, and Glenn, and we'll have their team there, and we'll be able to dissect that deal in front of a live audience. So looking forward to that. Where they get rock star VIP treatment, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> producer Danny's in charge of that. So, yeah. Okay, excellent. She's the right person. <laughs> Brother, thank you for being here. Time for a shameless plug. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, lodgingeconometrics.com. Of course, you can visit us on LinkedIn or Facebook, um, but sign up for those news releases. We do about 15 of them each quarter. You'll hear quite a bit about what's happening in the lodging industry. And of course, 
if you have any questions or are in need of any advice about what to do, Bruce at LodgingEconometrics.com is a pretty easy one to remember. There we go. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate you being here. Wonderful to see you today, Craig. A coast-to-coast connection. There we go. Love it. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, lots going on. Let's start out and let's thank our production partners one more time. Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group. Both would love to hear from you. Please let them know that producer Danny and I sent you. Then we've got Click 6 coming up March 1st and 2nd, 2023 at the West and South Coast Plaza Hotel. So if you're flying into Orange County uh, or into California, try and fly into John Wayne Airport. Designation is SNA. And it's about a seven-minute Uber ride from John Wayne Airport. No brain damage. No traffic, most importantly. Um, Our hotel development deal of the year is chaired by Bruce Ford. I thank him for taking that on. And the competition, I think, is going to be very fierce this year. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, Next, look for our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Smash that bell for updates and notifications. We're releasing new content almost every day. We've got, you know, Click Connect. We've got the Click Vlog. We've got information about our conference coming up. We've also got California Craig, where I am touring California. I'm starting my backyard in Orange County. So we're crisscrossing the state, bringing you some highlights of travel and tourism in the Golden State. I'm doing that with producer Andrew. And then on Thursdays, Glenn Hausman and I get together, one topic, three-minute conversation, three-minute Thursdays, and then we close the week with Friday Night Audit. We're going to have Bruce Ford on, so we're really looking forward to that as well. He's going to retain his championship status over C.J. Arlotta. I know C.J. is coming up strong, but ah, Bruce has still got it. So, hey, Thank you, everybody. As I'm fond of saying, be kind, share your knowledge, go be amazing.